You are listening to Locked On Ravens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tony Lombardi with Russell Street Report, and thanks for joining us today. Continuing with our series on Russell Street Report called Where Are They Now? Today we are visiting with former Ravens defensive tackle Kelly Gray. Kelly, welcome in to Locked On Ravens. Oh, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Good to hear from you. Oh, it's great. Always good to reconnect with anything Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. Now, I have to tell you, when I think of your days here in Baltimore, the very first thought, without question, the very first thought that comes to my mind is the day you sacked Mike Vick when he was with the Falcons, and then you did your celebratory dance. What went through your mind after taking down the fastest guy on the field? Oh, you know, every every dog finds a bone. Every blind dog finds a bone every once in a while. But no, you know, we were always worried about him running, and that's one thing. You know, every time we played him, we were going to come after him. We weren't going to sit back there, and uh, you know, I just had to take that shot. Luckily, I got my you know my meat hook on him and swung him to the ground, and uh, you know that was. Uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't probably tackle him in a phone booth. Luckily. You know, he really didn't see me coming. But, yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. I, I, I get that a lot. People always remember that play, you know, because he was definitely hard to catch. Absolutely. Plus a was, lot of plus, people. Plus, he was a crook. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, during your career, I think a lot of people might be surprised that during your nine seasons in Baltimore, you registered 19 and a half sacks. Now, does any one of those other 18 and a half sacks you know, besides the the Vic sex, stand out most in your mind? No, I, you know, I tell you, the guy that I got the most and we always had the most trouble with, I think I probably, I think yeah, I, I could be wrong, but, I, I, you know, I think I had Peyton like three, maybe three and a half times. And, uh, you know, I, I we were playing in the Dome uh, in Indianapolis. It wasn't a playoff game or uh, that. It was just a regular season game. And I'll, he was, I, tell, I was telling my Little League, my son plays Little League and I help out a little bit, and they asked me, you know, who's the hardest uh, hardest hit I ever got? And I and I hit him. I hit Peyton as hard as I've ever hit anybody throughout my, you know, high school, college. And I'll never get I was like, there's no way he's getting up. And I ran right through him, and he got up, and he was tough as nails. But, you know, just, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time would be the guy that I end up sacking the most. And, you know, every every once in a while I'd fall into a sack or two. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say Peyton, you know, playing him, and I couldn't believe it. I got him the most in my whole career. <laughs> And, you know, having that as an accomplishment, given how quickly Peyton got the ball out and with those quick feet of his and just quick release, it's almost like his offensive linemen, whenever they left Indianapolis and went somewhere else to sign big contracts because they kept Peyton clean, they found that they had to maintain their blocks a lot longer than when Peyton was back there. Yeah, he made a lot of guys, you know, guys that couldn't play dead. He made them look like they were good players. And, uh, you know, that's just what good players do. They elevate you. But yeah, he was he was you know he was our nemesis there. But yeah, he the guy was a player, and you know every once in a while too he'd take it like a man. You'd get close to him, he didn't want to get hit, and he'd fall down. It'd be a mad rat, mad rush. First one that could tag him, you know, got that sack. <laughs> <laughs> now another career stat again with your nine seasons with the Ravens, you had 357 solo tackles and a total of 509 tackles. Now comparatively speaking. I'm probably going to grind your gears a little bit with this one, but comparatively speaking, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Casey Hampton, and 12 seasons with the Steelers, 
had 208 solo tackles, 373 total. Now that's 45% less productivity than you, yet you never had Pro Bowl status, which I can tell you still sticks in the crawl of Ravens fans. Uh, well, yeah, how do you feel about that looking back? Uh, you know, it had been a nice, you know, there was a couple of years that I thought maybe, but, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. And, you know, I always took pride in that. You know, I, I was taught at an early age, if you're not the biggest guy, you know, at defensive tackle, and I never was, could never really pass the eye test, you had to be productive. Uh, you had to make plays. You had to, you know, obviously play within the system. But they didn't want a guy, you know, that, that sometimes big guys can get away with not being very productive. They just clog a hole. And my whole thing was, hey, I got to be quick and, uh, you know, try to make plays, but also plug the hole. But, you know, I never really got caught up. Never was a guy that, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have been recognized. Don't get me wrong, it's a big-time honor. But, you know, I was never a guy that, uh, you know, was out there maybe politicking for votes or anything like that. You know, I just enjoyed playing the game. That's one thing I got a kick out of. But I always enjoyed, you know, when we would play, like in Casey Hampton there at the Steelers, I'd always enjoy, you know, during the game, my name would be called a lot more than his name, uh, you know, and I'm making plays and everything. But, uh, you know, it just – just never fell my way with the vote or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it's nothing like, you know, it keeps me up at night. But it, it would have been nice to be recognized. But, man, I just didn't love – I loved going out there and playing. I, You know, that's one thing that I always enjoyed was just going out there and playing and being productive because I wasn't the biggest guy. I wasn't going to walk in the room and be like, woo, look at this pretty defensive tackle or anything like that. I was a guy that just sort of had to be productive and, you know, tried to make plays. Bart Scott once told me, and you may remember when you, he, we had you down for his show back in 2007. You know, we did that show down at Della Rose's in Canton. And he told me on several occasions that you were the glue, that the Baltimore Ravens defense at that time stopped and started with Kelly Gregg. Now, that's high praise considering some of the guys oh. that you and Bart both played with. You know, you had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, Chris McAllister. Talk about those players you play with a lot of great players who in your opinion was the best I know that's a loaded question but who in your opinion was the best uh you know I would say you know you mentioned Chris McAllister he was a guy that you know he could run the streets at night and show up and shut down a bunch of guys uh you know it's hard to say who was the best you know I would you know I would you know get different levels but all those guys you mentioned you know they they were fabulous players great dudes and uh, great uh, players but you know, I, I, you know, Haloti was great. He was a guy that could change the math. But you know, uh, it was it was just great playing with all those guys. It'd be tough for me to pick one, but I always thought Chris McAllister. You know, I thought he was going to be like Ron Woodson, play corner for all those years, and then go to safety. Uh, you know, maybe the nightlife caught up with him and injuries too. But I always thought Chris could do anything. I thought Chris could have been, you know, he could have been any sport he could have played. I thought McAllister, you know, was that guy just from an athletic standpoint. Uh, you know, he just got a little too wild there in the nightlife. Yeah, it's a shame. It'd be nice if, if Chris would have taken the game a little bit more seriously as all of you, his teammates, and we might be talking about him as a, a future Hall of Famer at some point in time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes those guys, That's I think that's why I sort of kept, you know, my nose clean to the grindstone because, you know, I was never the greatest athlete. And I had to, some of those guys, when it comes easy to them, it gets away from them there, you know, you're making a lot of money and stuff like that. But, you know, all those guys, you know, that's why, you know, Chris, I mean, uh, Ray and Ed, you know, Bart, it was such good players. They were students of the game, uh, you know, and then they took it serious. But, yeah, I'd have loved to see Chris, you know, move to safety. 
uh, he, he would have been fabulous. Now, I spoke with Jarrett Johnson last week, and when I asked him about underrated Ravens, he didn't even hesitate to mention you. And we've gone all through the you know comparisons to Casey Hampton, and you compare very, very favorably to Casey. But of the guys that you played with, not yourself, not including yourself, who do you think was most underrated? Well, you know, yeah, you just mentioned Jared Johnson. And then, you know, there's a guy that didn't get enough credit because we had signed some guys in free agency. You know, Justin Bannon, he was a guy that, you know, hey, we need you to play nose, defensive tackling. You know, I'm obviously going to stick with my D-line guys. But, uh, you know, Jared was a D-lineman there for a couple of years. He put his hand in the dirt. But, you know, that's one thing that was great. You know, obviously we had all the Hall of Fame players and defense and guys that, you know, were playmakers. But you had the guys that, you know, whatever they were asked. I mean, we never hesitated. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, I get in today's day and age, guys get selfish. They want to get a bunch of sacks. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget Michael McCurry could have led the league in sacks every year, but he was asked what was done. You know, hey, you got to play the run and everything like that, and they did. And I think that's one thing that's great about the Ravens, that, you know, that uh, you get in there with guys and you learn the system, and it just sort of passes down through the coaches too and the players. But, uh, you know, Jer- Jarrett and Bannon, uh, guys like that, Dewan Edwards, you know, came on there at the end. Uh, you know, those guys right there were, you know, I never, they never hesitate, hey, whatever, whatever they needed. They would jump in their special teams, anything. Those guys were there for you. Good stuff, Kelly. We're going to take a short break. And when we return, we'll talk about Kelly's favorite memories as a Raven and his thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're listening to Locked On Ravens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Ravens. I'm Tony Lombardi with Russell Street Report. And thanks again for joining us today. We're visiting with former Raven, Kelly Greg. Kelly, the Ravens and the Steelers have the most bitter rivalry. There is from what we can see, and I've talked to players about this, just genuine disdain for each other, yet there's this respect. Talk about that rivalry when you were with were a member of the Ravens. Oh, that, you know, uh, that was, that's one of those, you know, you, you never had to worry about guys coming to work that week. I mean, that's what was great about it. And there's nothing better than, you know, playing them in Baltimore or there at Heinz Field because you knew it was going to be a fight. And, uh, you know, those guys, uh, a lot of those guys, George Porter and stuff, I always thought they were wanting to be tough guys. And I thought that we really had the tough guys. But, man, it was that, those were the kind of games you played with. And, you know, yeah, you had respect for them. But, man, you you wanted to, you know, put that Rydell right in their chest, all those guys. But, yeah, those were my – you know, I, I don't I don't miss football, playing, or anything like that. But, you know, it wouldn't take much for me to get motivated to go out there against the Steelers one last time. You know, I, I hated them. You know, we played them my last year when I, when I left and went to Kansas City. And I still had to, you know, just – I still had the same for them. You know, I, I was messing, joking around with my wife, don't be buying Heinz ketchup. I still – I see a, a, a Steelers flag, you know, driving around here in Edmond, Oklahoma. And I sort of, you know, glare at the guy or the gal driving. It's just – I hated it, but I tell you, it was, I loved playing in those games. You know, Billick and Harbaugh did a great job of, you know, they didn't have to say nothing that week. You know, Billick would always pull out the good fellas video when Ray Leo just, you know, walks across the street and starts uh, knocking that guy out. Uh, you know, those were, the, those were the fun games, playing against the Steelers. That was great, uh, great stuff. You mentioned wannabe tough guys or poser tough guys, and you mentioned Joey Porter. Any other names you care to mention? 
Oh, you know, I'd never liked Big Head Fanica, Alan Fanica. He had the biggest head in the NFL. You know, they, they tried to, Jeff Hardings was a center. Uh, you know, then it just switched again. I got, I mean, it, you know, they got rid of Hardings. Uh, you know, he was a great Penn State guy, tough guy, tried to be. And then you got Pouncey coming in there. Boy, he looked the part all tatted up, uh, you know. But I, I just thought those guys, you know, I, I came out with Joey. We spent a lot of time together at Senior Bowl and, you know, got to know him. And then as soon as once he was put on that black and gold, that, you know, he was some tough guy from Colorado State now. And, you know, we used to give him a hard time. He got shot in the butt. One time he tried to get on our bus. Uh, you know, <laughs> those guys. You know, they just would always run their mouth. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was good stuff. You know, it was, it, they were, you know, I never thought those guys. And then they had a guy, Kedrick Vincent. He came to the Ravens. And, you know, I'll never forget after the first practice, Rex calls, you know, he's like, yep, you're right. You know, Kedrick always tried to be a tough guy when he was playing for the Steelers. And then he came to the Ravens, and he looked like a little puppy lost. So, uh, you know, I always, I always got a kick out of, man, those guys are just trying out there, flex on us and be tough. But uh, it, those, those were those were the fun times playing the Steelers. It's still even, – even fans, when they look at Steelers around that happen to be – transplanted fans in Baltimore, but they wear the black and gold. And you automatically jump to conclusions about the people. It's unbelievable. Just like you with the people with the flag. It's it's crazy yeah. how that rivalry has, has transcended to everyday life. Oh, yeah. It's, it's 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 amazing. I mean, you know, I always, you know, somebody tells me they're a Steelers fan, I think, man, what, what went wrong in your life? Well, I mean, what, you know, why? You, I always thought it was so depressing going to Pittsburgh, too. You know, you the, the hills there with the coal arm or whatever that was. I always thought it was spent. I would hate to live in a town. It seemed like it was always overcast when we went there and that long drive from the airport down to the city. It was just, I always thought Pittsburgh was so depressing. Why would you want to live there? <laughs> no, I, I talked to Jared about this and I'll, I'll share the answer he gave me with you if it's different than yours. But I asked him if there was any particular stealer that really got you amped up and one, if you could really take a shot and lay them out, who would that be? Uh, you know, obviously Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, I'll never forget. He, we played him one time, and uh, he came out. And he's like, Kelly, you broke my nose. And I was like, no, I wish. Haloti broke your nose. But I, I wish. You know, just I, I always like to get shots on those guys. And then Pouncey, too, the center. Yeah, I think he's from Florida, the kid there. He was all tatted up. He he wouldn't stop, you know, running his mouth. So I would say him or, uh, you know, those two or something like that. Or You know, I'd like to get shot on Hines, too. We always had, a, you know, an inkling to get Hines. Boy. Well, that's what Jarrett said. He, he, there's videotape of him just absolutely talking the plaque off his teeth. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I wish you know because Hines would get up and smile. He didn't get up and smile yep. after that one. Yeah, really definitely. We always, we always, yeah, I, you know, that brings back. Yeah, we always had to, you know, we weren't going. No one, you know, you'd get in trouble if you passed up a shot on Hines Ward. <laughs> when you think back to the days of and your memories of being a Baltimore Raven. What are your some of your favorites? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, getting my first, you know, my first real playing time. I was there. I came there on a, you know, practice squad, and I'll never forget, uh, you know, Rick's was a big believer in me. I went there on a practice squad, and my first day of practice, uh, you know, Goose giving me a hard time. And I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, and I was like, oh, I'm in the stretching line, and Billick's like, hey, you know, Boy, where's the other half of you know everyone? You know that's one thing that you did. You got to you have skin like an armadillo. Uh, you know you didn't want skin like a deer. That's what Sam always had. And uh, 
you know, just my, I'll still never be my the stretch line. My first day, I still laugh about it today. Guys were just like, who's this guy? Who is this short guy? And I'll never forget. I was like, Oh my, I didn't give that old Ed Carroll, our equipment guy. He's the best. I, I never got a mouthpiece from him. And I always wore a mouthpiece. And I was like, my first practice ever, I didn't have a mouthpiece ever for the Ravens. And for like three or four years thereafter, I never wore a mouthpiece. But just I loved it from the first day because I'd been with the Eagles and the Bengals. And it just seemed, you know, like they just cared about what you looked like, you know, how big you were. And, you know, I'll never forget the first day at the Ravens, Rob Burnett and Goose. I mean, they didn't know me from anybody, and they'd seen so many guys come and go. But, you know, I sort of these guys, you know, they they, you know, they care about you. They wanted you to be successful. And all those guys, you know, in the beginning, Rob and Tony and uh, Michael McCrary, Keith Washington, Lionel Dalton, they all vouched for me. And, uh, you know, I got that. You know, after that, it was the, my best time. I'd say every day I loved being in Baltimore. But I'd say my first day there, just the way that they went about their business. They, they, they you know, they joked and had a good time. But, man, we worked. And I, I thought, man, I'd love to stick around here for a while. Great stuff. Again, we're going to take another short break. And when we return, we'll talk about what Kelly is up to these days, get his take on the 2016 Baltimore Ravens, and get him to reveal something about himself that might surprise his fans. You're listening to Locked On Ravens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Ravens. I'm Tony Lombardi with Russell Street Report. Thanks again for joining us. Our final segment here with former Raven Kelly Gregg. Kelly, before we went to break, you started talking about your favorite memories in Baltimore as a Raven. What was it like for you to play at M&T Bank Stadium? Oh, it was it was nothing like it. I mean, that's, you know, for being there nine years, I just got, you know, that place, the fans, you know, they always support you. And, you know, a lot of that, too, I always believe, you know, since Colts left. And they had, the way they embraced the Ravens, uh, you know, they really cared about us. Uh, you know, I used to love pulling in there. And, you know, just the fans, the way they supported us. Even through, you know, I had some bad years there. Uh, they just supported us and, you know, they just – that's what, you know, blue collar. I always thought, you know, hardworking people there. And that's sort of, you know, my background growing up in Oklahoma. Uh, I always thought, you know, they, they just – the way they embraced you. And they just wanted you to play hard. They didn't – you know, obviously you wanted to win and everything. But, you know, they were a great judge of, you know, effort. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I always thought that, you know, they're going to support us through everything, thick and thin, just as long as you played hard. Hey, talk about hardworking people. You just lost a friend and a hardworking coach, Coach Clarence Brooks, who you played for for a number of years. Any favorite story that comes to mind when you think of CB? Oh, uh, you know, he was he was a guy, you know, he always used to say, you know, he he, he was the best person. You know, he, he he cared about every guy. He hated, you know, he hated us paring down, you know, guys getting cut or whatever. Uh, you know, he'd give you the shirt off his back, and it was terrible. Uh, you know, he was – getting ready to retire and uh you know cb he was uh, you know he'd, he'd coach you hard and you know he expected guys to play well but you know a lot of that time in that business you know it, it is all about business but man he, he cared about every guy that ever sat in that defensive room and uh you know you could reach out to him and everything and so yeah that was terrible uh yeah unbelievable un- unbelievable person unbelievable career and, uh, you know, he, he tutored a lot of guys and, you know, made them the players they are today. When you look back on your career, anything that you have you have regrets over? No. Uh, 
you know, I wish, uh, you know, I got, I got no regrets. You know, I, I wish, you know, one thing I, I would say that 2016, uh, you know, when they give up the five field goals to the Colts, uh, you know, that, that year I thought, hey, you know, it, it was, uh, that was our year, you know, again, but, uh, you know, I got no regrets. I left everything out there. And, like, I, you know, I don't miss football playing or anything like that. But I do, you know, I try to work out every once in a while, get in the sauna. And those are some of the best times, you know, guys in the sauna, everyone's sweating out, just giving each other a hard time. I miss, you know, hanging out with the guys and stuff like that. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. They do. So what are you keeping – how are you keeping yourself busy these days? Talk about some more good things that are, that are happening oh, in your you life. Bet. Oh, it's, uh, you know, post football has been great. Uh, you know, I, I never, I always, you know, near the end there, I'd say my last, you know, obviously my last year in Kansas City, I was ready for it to be over. Uh, you know, I've got three little boys and, uh, you know, I take them to school, pick them up. Uh, they're all in little league. It's just great. And I've, I've got me a farm. I've had me a farm the last couple of years. I'm a big hunter. I like being outside. I'm heading out there right now. I'll be in the tree stand tonight. Uh, you know, I just, you know, family. You know, that's one thing. My, my wife, she's always supported me. You know, she didn't care if I was a, you know, I always thought, well, if I get cut or whatever, I might be a policeman or anything, something like that. And, uh, you know, she always supported me. You know, she was always the one there. I'd come home sore from the game. She was always there by my side. Uh, you know, we're just taking it easy now, you know, enjoying it, watching these kids grow up and, uh, you know, we've made it back to Baltimore once or twice to see a game. I enjoy that. I'm, I'm big into fantasy football. I'm always, uh, you know, always playing the Ravens defense. Uh, but, you know, I enjoy that. But that's a, that's about it, man. Keep it, uh, you know, I was had one rule, you know, Rex used to tell us, keep it simple, stupid, and I just keep it simple. Now, you have the radio show, too, there in Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, I do. I do a radio show. I was doing it. I was doing it every day for like uh, I did it for two years. I was doing it every day, twelve to three, and then I went. To, I, I wanted to mix it up, so I went to the morning show, and then I finally said, I you know I, I was missing my farm too much, and I was getting tired of talking about basketball, uh, you know, talking about the two man weed drill or something like that. So uh, now I just do I do a, an hour uh, Thursdays on it's called the franchise here in the Oklahoma City one hundred seven point seven do a football show, and then I do every pregame and uh, postgame for the uh, Oklahoma Sooners on the radio station. We're their flagship, so I do that, and that keeps me busy. But, uh, you know, I don't miss sitting in there three hours a day talking about basketball and stuff like that. But it was fun. You never know. Eventually, maybe my, when my kids get tired of me, right now we're having a great time running around. When I get tired, I might go back to that, uh, you know, to stay busy or anything. But, uh you know, those kids keep me pretty full. But, yeah, radio's been fun. It's always good, you know. Um, but I'm not, you know, some of these guys that get out, uh, you know, do this radio stuff, there's a couple of guys that played that, that work at the radio. They take themselves so serious. And I've never took myself serious. And that I think that's why, you know, I have a fun time with the radio. But, uh, you know, I never got caught up in a, you know, you know big, big football player or anything like that. I like to have it fun. I like to have fun. So I might go back eventually. I Full think time. that that sort of a, that sort of approach to life is is in part why fans in Baltimore embrace you. They affectionately remember you as Buddy Lee. Tell us something about Kelly Gregg that might surprise some of your fans. Ah, let me think. Uh, you know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I always you know prided myself on you know, I I am you know what you see is what you get. Uh, you know, I've got no 
you know, I, nothing really dark or anything like that. I just, uh, I don't know, I really, you know. I just, I love, um, you know, obviously I love, you know, relaxing, drink a few beers here and there, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what I, you know, I got to bring out to the light. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, I am, I love to, obviously, I think people know that I love to fish and hunt. That's about it. I'm pretty simple. No, I'm pretty sure most people that are listening are, are surprised that you play fantasy football. So let, let's talk about that and segue into oh, the Oh, I'm a nerd, man. I'm a, oh, I love it. I'm in five <laughs> leagues. I'm in five leagues, a couple of them. Uh, you know, it's big money. You know, I, you know it's a big-time entry fee. I love it. Uh, you know, I'm. I, that's one thing. I You know, I never wanted to be a coach or anything like that. And I thought, you know, if I was ever going to get into football, maybe scouting or something like that would be interesting to me. Uh, you know, maybe personnel or something. I always thought that was great, uh, you know, because, you know, I, I, I always sort of took it under my sleeve that, you know, uh, sometimes scouts and general managers would, uh, you know, just turn away because I wasn't the right size, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, right. I always thought, hey, you know, I'll I'll, I'll fight you tooth and nail. I, you know, and I always thought maybe I could be a guy that could yeah, look at guys and, you know, I, you know, you'll figure out if a guy can bend his knees or, you know, hips and everything like that. But uh, that's one thing I, I sort of consider myself, a, you know, the general manager of fantasy football. I love, you know, trying to find guys waiver wires or, you know, good matchups for guys. I mean, that's one thing, you know, every Sunday morning, you know, I'm always scouring. Uh, my wife's like, you're always on your phone, but I'm always scouring waiver wires and stuff like that. I'm a, yeah, I, my wife calls me a big, you know, nerd, and I love it. I love being a fantasy nerd. I mean, there's – you know, I, I this year I've, I've been in one year I was in like seven leagues. I had to pare it down to five this year. But, uh, you know, I, I love that. I, I love, you know, watching guys. I've huge, uh, you know, always always stay loyal. Always play either the Ravens defense or the Buffalo Bills defense because of Rex. But, yeah, I'm a huge man. I, I, when I first got into it, I just retired. And I was like, man, that's it. And a buddy of mine got me into it. And, I, I, I you know, I have. I've been crazy about it since, uh, you know, the start of that. So five weeks in with your five teams, what's your best record and what's your worst record? Uh, right now, what are we, what is it? Uh, I'm uh, two and three in this one league I, I won last year. I'm struggling there. Uh, my quarterback, I had Kirk Cousins. I had dropped him. I got Wentz now. But in another league, I'm four and one. And that's the one that I, that's the one when people ask me, how's your league? So that's the one I was bring out first. But my, my two, you know, not, my good uh, prize money leagues, I, I'm, I'm, you know, four and one and a two and three, but uh, hopefully that two and three will come up. Now, when you, you, you follow the Ravens, obviously, if, if for no other reason, the fantasy football defense belongs to you for the Ravens. What about the, the, the overall team, the 2016 edition of the Ravens? You, you've observed them. If John Harbaugh would come to you and say, hey, Kelly, make some recommendations as to how we can get better. What would those recommendations uh, be? You know, obviously their starts, you know, the slow starts. Uh, you know, I like the move of, uh, you know, you know, getting rid of Tressman. Uh, you know, I think that you got to take shots down the field. I don't think they were taking enough shots. Uh, you know, that's one thing Flacco I always thought he had is a, you know, big-time arm, uh, you know, and then, that's what I would say. You know, obviously you can't give up, you know, kick return on special. I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, Harbaugh ain't sleeping over that one, the punt return against the skins. But I would say they're starts. You know, you can't get down. You know, I know they came back in Cleveland, and, you know, that's one thing that was good. You know, when we were there, you know, Suggs was still there. 
you know, you get up on a team, you get a fast start, that's when those pass rushers, you know, get your greyhounds going. There's nothing worse than that, you know, slow start offensively. Uh, but I would say, you know, offensively, fast start, take shots. I agree with you because the Colts in their heyday with Tate Manning, that's exactly what they did. They got oh. they got out to a fast start, and they made you, you know, they came after your quarterback because they, they knew you didn't have to run or you weren't going to run. Exactly. And that's what's, you know, even, you know, I kid, you know, Suggs is always, you know, that's one guy, you know, you talk about a guy that, you know, has fun but works. He's one, of, you know, he's one of the all-time greats too, getting after the quarterback. That's what you got to do. You got to let your players be players. And, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, playing from in the hole. Kelly, great stuff. Thanks so much for taking the time to oh, join us. Oh, thanks for having really, me. Really appreciate you joining us on Locked on Ravens, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Of course, we wish you success in life, on the farm, and, of course, your fantasy football team and your radio show on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you.